Vaderyak. Welcome back to Rising Giants. Max and I are super excited to have you back on the show today. And we have some really great news to discuss with Piltech's recent $500,000 seed funding raise. Before we dive into all of those details, we just first want to ask, how's everything going? How are you doing? Hey, good to see you guys again and, and look forward to meet you guys in, in November in person. But yeah, everything's going well. I'm super busy, but I think it's a busy good. Having, you know, trying to catch up with sleep also, but that's never going to happen. But yeah, other than that, <laughs> things are great. So can't, can't complain, right? What about you guys? You know, I think uh, we can agree that there hasn't been a lot of sleep either on, on both our sides. Max and I have been churning out podcasts left and right, it feels like. So have a lot on the docket and a lot ready to release, but everything's good. And yeah, we'll be, I will be returning back to Cambodia on November 5th for, for the month of November. And we're going to kind of hit that in stride and very excited to see you again in person as well. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into things. And can you tell us about some of the recent growth at Piltech? Yeah. Thank you for the question. And, and I think for 2021, we had decent growth. But I think in 2022, whether it's a COVID related, or we actually nearly grew double and the year hasn't even ended yet. So the recent growth, I think also contributed to a lot of other things. So one of the, th the big one, a few big ones are, I think the Philip Bank is one of our sister's company from one of our investors in Singapore. We're very lucky to be able to leverage with them for a win-win situation. So I think, you know, Mr. Chan, the CEO for Philip Bank, if you're listening to this, you know, thank you for supporting us from day one. And we hope to have many more partnerships with you guys. Also, we're very thankful also for a recent collaboration with the pharma. The chairman, Dr. Haile Yun, he sees a future in, in Piltech and he sees a future in technology and healthcare. So he's not our investor, but he, he really, you know, you know, he, he puts a lot of his product now on our platform because he's a factory, right? He's a manufacturing company. So I think we're very happy and we actually got a lot of new active users from him as well. So. Very thankful for that that uh, collaboration. So I think the moral of the story here is that you got to be able to leverage the ecosystem. I think, and and if you don't have an ecosystem, you know, create one like what we did with Philip Bank and also with the Pharma. Yeah. And am I right in saying like PP Pharma is one of the largest one um, one of the largest groups here in in their sector? Yeah, PPM Pharma is definitely one of the largest manufacturing company in, in Cambodia. He focuses a lot of on export as well. So he, he exports a lot of his products lo locally made here to Africa. And in fact, in Africa, he's like top 50 in fit. Uh, no, he's 17 out of 50 in terms of manufacturing companies. So it's a very, it's quite a big company, I guess. Understood. And, and talk to us about why you ended up raising 500,000 and the investors that you were able to bring in and how they all sort of came together to, to share the vision for the future of Piltech. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that was definitely a, a dance that you have to go through the motion. But I think what we did was we know that it's going to be quite tough for, to fundraise anything during COVID. So we started a little early. We started talking to the investors a lot earlier than, than normal. And, and then I think also at the same time, you know, we, we have to be able to show up in most of these local events because, you know, you never know who's going to be there, who's going to be listening. And then, and then another key success would be also to get referrals into those potential investors that you want to talk to. I think that's one of the key success there. And I think thanks to all those that referred us to those investors that we met, although, you know, not everyone invested, but just to put yourself out there talking to them, I think that was a key to the fundraising for us. Yeah. 
definitely a great lesson learned for future fundraising rounds as well. Yeah. Every time you go through that process, it's consistently a learning phase. And I'm sure what I'm sure today, what, what your experience and kind of being able to leverage that and in, into future raises versus the first time that you were doing it earlier on, I'm sure there have been just been a lot of differences between those two time periods, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely, well, I've done things that I'm like, oh man, I should not, I should not have done that with this uh, investors or <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll learn from it. Right. So I think every time I meet the investors, I always write down their questions and then I would take it back and I, I would listen to it again and say, what would I say differently next time if they were to ask that same question? Right. So I think mm -hmm. sometimes people ask you questions, you don't really think about it, but when you look back and, and see, you know, how did, how, how, how you came up with that answers or why did that investors really interested in you because you answered differently. I think that was also one of the key takeaway. Also, they don't ask questions for the sake of asking questions. I think they ask questions because these guys are professional, right? So, so keep that in mind also when you answer questions with your investors or potential investors. Yeah. 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 They'll be able to sniff out anything that doesn't sound right. <laughs> they'll ask the right questions true, in that true. case. <laughs> and so with the $500,000, can you talk to us a little bit about how you plan to scale the business with the new investment? Yeah. So right now we're mainly focusing on expanding the market shares to the provinces because I think the pharmacy in the provinces, they have really a large or big pain point in terms of procuring or buying for their, their pharmacy. They're so much farther, further from town. They can't just come here. So I think having a technology platform like ours would be able to help them a lot in terms of their pain point. And I think the, the second part of our investment also is we, we want, we want to leverage the ecosystem more, as I mentioned, I think just, just like any part partnership, I guess you, you got to create a, a win-win situation with your partners. So I think that's something that we're also looking to, to, to do. For example, we're now look, talking to Philip bank more, we're talking to Prudential health more, and, and I think trying to leverage ecosystem for a win-win expansion for us. I think that's overall what we're trying to do. Just one hit that, hit that provincial growth. And then second leverage the ecosystem. I think that's what we're going to do for the next at least six months. Yeah. And as you were talking about leveraging the ecosystem now, heading into the next six months, it'd be interesting to, if you could quickly touch on the overall startup fundraising landscape in Cambodia between now and in 2021, do you think that there's been a significant change, maybe more interest or what's been your gen general thoughts around that? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I think that's a tough question. I think not because of the question itself, but I, I think in 2021, it was pretty hard to start up. I think. Cambodia, we just really kind of, let, let me take a step back, I guess. Uh, it was hard during 2021 because of COVID and also startup scenes are actually starting to rise also, right? So, but then now there's more active investors, there's more great startup founders, but I think because of the war, because of the COVID-19, post-COVID-19, I think 2023 might be also very difficult as well. I'm just thinking, you know, so you know, but I think, I think for, 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 for us, for any other founders, keep fo focusing on your growth, right. And make sure, you know, you talk to investors early meeting the investors eventually will strike a deal, you know, for, for you and, and the investor. But remember that, you know, investors, they invest in founders at early stage, right? So I think focusing on, on yourself, focusing on being a, a good founder is definitely the key for, for us, especially, but yeah, I, I think it's going to, it's not going to be an easy one for 2023, but it's definitely better than 2021. And with the government, you know, my enterprise, everyone pushing innovation, pushing startups, ship, 
I think that would make it a little bit easier. But I think with the post-COVID and, and, and the war, for me, I, I personally feel that there might be a little bit more difficulties. But, but I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. So overall, you'd say 2023 actually may be just as hard to raise funding as 2022? I think. But, but you know, this is just, a, it's just me personally. But I know that the government also knows that 2023 will be difficult. So I think the government may have something in place also to help us founders just in case, right? So I, I think they wouldn't leave us leave us out in the blind, right? So I think they'll, they'll, they'll help us, they'll continue to support us. And that's why, you know, Cambodia is, in, is on the right track because we have like, the government, we have the founders, we have the entrepreneurships going on, a lot of startup ecosystems, a lot of accelerated programs. So I think it's definitely on, on the right track. So 2023, although it might be harder, but I think it's, it would be easier as well because you have back, you're, you're backed by the government also. So let's cross our fingers and, 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 and you know, and grow together as, as a group, I think. Yeah, Dom and I just recently on the podcast, we're going to have a few of these new commercial accelerators that are coming on. And then also, um, you know, some of the new investors that have that have been announced. Mm-hmm. And also, what, what's it been like working with like a combination of investors? So you, you've now got Cambodian investors as well as international. Is there any kind of differences between the two? Yeah, I think there are. I mean, one is very familiar with the local landscape, right? And the other ones are more international. So I think for, for, for you as a founder, for me especially, we got to be able to leverage them. So, you know, schedule a meeting with them once a month or something like that, just to, if nothing else, just to talk to them and see, you know, what's new out there in the world. Because sometimes, you know, these are some of the things that you don't keep track of, right? Because you're so busy focusing on growing your company. So I think try, try to work with these guys definitely on a regular basis definitely would help you, the, the, the company more. Yeah, so that's what I've been trying to do is just trying to get a, a meeting with them once a month. And just, well, at the same time, updating them with, you know, what's going on with our company as well. But at the same time, it's trying to leverage them like, hey, look, do you know anything new that could help us, right? So reaching out to them because, you know, they're not just putting money. They're also betting that you, you'll grow and, and do well. So we grow and do well because of them as well. So make sure you leverage that. I think that's what that's one, one of the key takeaway from uh, the strategic investors that we chose also. Okay. And what are some of the key things that you look, will look to achieve in 2023? Do you have like some milestones that you've set for the business in order to, you know, keep this impressive growth up? I mean, it must be hard to follow up on the 2022, having a, having a doubling of the business. Yeah, definitely. But I think one thing that, you know, we're going to continue doing is leveraging the ecosystem. You can't go against the ecosystem. So you have to grow with it. So leveraging that, especially those partners that, ha- that they have, you know, they're, they're present locally here and internationally, because they could potentially could help you grow internationally very quickly too. I'm also looking up to scale up more team in terms of quantity and also quality at the same time. So finding teams to help out, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely a must. And sometimes finding the team is not easy. So I think looking in your own team itself and looking at, you know, potentials and then maybe, you know, coach them, give them a little bit more guidance so that they could lead more leaders, right? I think that's that's one of the key for 2023. I think that's 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 more on the human resources. But I think for the tech side, you know, we're also looking to build more analytic tools for, for us to understand more of the insights you know, what are the pharmacies are doing, right? So providing that insight information will really help our operations, our operation team to help scale up the company even more. So I think that those are mainly the the three things that we want to focus on other than just expanding to the provinces, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely understand on that. And maybe just 
double clicking in on that a little bit what has it been like with with combining with the growth that you've had what has it been like building up a team in that environment of just high growth and you know what types of people are you looking for to help take that business to the next stage that you have a vision for and you know if you are looking for any sort of specific positions that you're hiring for definitely help happy to to shout those out at this time too no, thanks for that. I think definitely it's been very challenging because at the early days, you know, you're, you're sort of being the one that goes through everything. But now that you're you're moving up, scaling up a little bit more, so you gotta you gotta really find team members that could come in and help you on that. So I, I like I mentioned, I think upgrading our our teams to providing them more with coaching and, and mentoring and training, so that they can in turn lead more people is definitely a, a must because I think we're we're limited in terms of you know finding the right human resources to help you out, right? Because not everyone is a startup founder, not everyone is an entrepreneurship, you know, understands that that whole uh, situation, right? So I think definitely if you if you have people that's, you know, very sharp, you know, how can they, how can you leverage them? How can you grow them more? How can you train them more? So I think that's one key approach. Another approach would be to hire those that work in startups before because, you know, they understand clearly what startup founders are going. So I think entrepreneurship experience is definitely a bonus. So when you hire someone that's very senior that comes into your company, they may be good fit, but they might not also because they don't understand what, you know, what we do, right? As a startup founder, we, we move quickly, we fail, we break a lot of things and then we go back and we do things and just trying to figure out, you know, a, a quicker way or a faster way to grow, right? So yeah, I think that's that's the, the second part. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think yeah, if you if you work in a startup, if you're interested in joining Piltech, you know, do reach out to us. We're hiring, looking to scale up, right? Yeah, very exciting, and I, really a big part of that that you touched on is the, you know, just going out there and just doing it, failing fast, you know quickly shifting and growing is really important in those early stages too. I mean, you know, you, you will learn a lot by joining an early stage startup and, you know, while it might seem like thing, you know, as, you know, as you might fail fast, it's that whole growth prospect that, you know, later down the line is going to be invaluable experience no matter what. And maybe in part of that, you know, how has your leadership style, um, you know, going about, you know, leading the team through this growth phase evolved and maybe how do you foresee it? as you go into the next stage of growing the business? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I, I'm, I'm trying very hard to, to change the, the, how I also, you know, manage as well, right? During, during the early days versus now, I think during the early stage, everything goes through me as I would like to see or understand everything very clearly so that we, you know, so that I could find, you know, better solutions or real solutions to every, everyday problems at the pharmacy. But I think the working style now has changed a little bit too during this stage because you need you need to basically have more leaders leading the team. You can't be there all all the time, right? Because now my role has has shifted from well, I'm I'm still very involved in operation, but I feel like I also need to do a lot more networking, a lot more connecting the dots, connecting to the ecosystem to help us grow. So definitely needing a, a team to execute is definitely a must. So I feel like the, the, the role has shifted a little bit slightly also, which I never actually noticed until recently that I, I feel like I don't get time to, to do the operation and I still want to do operation. And it, it, it's like, you know, your, your day is getting shorter and shorter, right? So then I'm like, oh, there must be something's going on here. And then, you know, when you start looking back and you're like, oh, wow, I, I need to really change the way that I work now. So yeah, definitely a really good questions. Yeah, for, in, in short, I need a strong management team to help 
to help you through this stage is definitely a must because you can't do everything yourself now and, and or you get very exhausted by end of the day, right? Which I'm already in, right? So yeah, I, I think that's that's to answer your question. I hope that answers it, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Can, what, what do we have to do to catch a break, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what can we do just to relax for, for a day or two? So, I, I think if you I lose... think from what it sounds... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I think the best is when your phone died and then you're like relaxed for the la the next like five, ten minutes. <laughs> Other than that, you're, you're always on the run, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's true, that's true. I also wanted to, to ask about your expansion markets you said you're focusing on expanding out in cambodia but what other countries are you most excited about to take piltech to yeah i think you know for now we're we're mainly focusing on the local market here we want to scale to the i guess before we we want to before we scale regionally we wanted to learn how to scale locally first the provinces I think it's sort of very similar, although it's a different beast, I think, when you move out of the country. But it's sort of setting yourself up for that expansion, right? And then to answer your questions, I'm very interested in looking at Thailand, looking at Vietnam also. I think that the ecosystem in terms of pharmacy is very, very similar. And they're also proof of concept that, you know, there are startup founders already existing in other in other in, in those countries already. So I think for me, in the next, you know, six months or one year, maybe put a little bit of time, do some homework and trying to understand the pain point of the other countries and see what other startup founders are doing and then maybe trying to see how we could leverage each other's growth, right? Rather than compete or rather than at the wheels. So, so that's some of the exercise that I have to go through probably within the next six to 12 months, yeah. And, and what about uh, Myanmar or Laos? Are they, are they also countries you've looked at? Actually, you know, Myanmar was the first country in mind. I visit the countries probably more than 10 times before, before the coup, right? But I think with the coup and with the political instability, definitely off the radar for now. So if they, you know, you know, made a big improvement, then definitely Myanmar is a very good market to tap into because their, their pharmaceutical distribution is very, very fragmented, very, very similar or to Cambodia. So I think the solution that we built will fit them really, will, will fit the country really well. But I think unfortunately, because of the situation right now, then, you know, we'll have to skip that for now. But hey, you know, if they, if they start opening that back up and things change, then we'll definitely have to look into it. Yeah. Laos, on, another, on the other hand, it's a, yeah, it's a smaller country, but I think they also have a very similar pain point as well. So I think definitely have to think about, because you only have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like everyone else, expanding to a bigger countries like, you know, Thailand, Vietnam which has, you know, probably more com competitions versus maybe in Laos where no one is, is, is really looking into could be a potential expansion plan as well. So yeah, that, that's why I think right now focusing mainly on, on local ex expansion, but at the same time, do our homework, go visit these countries, try to understand the pain point, talk to other startup founders there, talk to some investors and see what the, the landscape's like, right? Because you, you know, things that you read definitely would be a lot different when you're actually there, understanding it, feeling, you know, reading the, the air and talking to people there is definitely what, what I'll, I'll probably need to do in the next six to 12 months. Yeah, boots on the ground is the best way to learn. Correct. as well i mean just going in and, and truly experiencing it because then you can you can get a proper idea versus you know what is it you read the news or maybe can hear or read from a from a synopsis in a report or something along those lines so that sounds like the next six to 12 months will be very busy for you but very exciting 
And a traditional closing question that we used, that we asked in our first episode was, you know, what is the greatest piece of advice that you have ever been given? But to close it out on this side, we want to ask you, what advice do you have to give to entrepreneurs or founders that are listening to the episode that you think would be helpful for them in terms of if they're in the early stage of their business, or maybe even that it's life advice? Yeah, I think if you're talking to investors, you know, talk to them early, build a good relationship with them. <clears throat> Yeah, I think the other part, other than talking to the investors, try to be on the ground, I think. And that's one of the key advice I could give to anyone. Be on the ground, talk to people, talk to your users daily. I can't emphasize that enough. You, you're the founder. You, you have different way of seeing things. Let's just say it that way. Because, you know, anyone that you could, you know, go through, meet the, your client, meet your customers every day. The way that they think is, and the way that you think is definitely different. So during the early days, you basically have to be there, you know, talk to people, get that rejection, <clears throat> get that success. The more that you, the more that you meet, the better, I guess, in this case, because we have, we have, you know, definitely during the early days, I've met a lot of pharmacies and I got rejected a lot also from them, but rather than taking it as a negative, I, I see it. So why would they reject me? Right. So why are these people saying yes to me and why are these people saying no to me? So what are the characteristics of those people that are saying yes? To me? And, and then from there, you can kind of build a, a model that's, you know, you could say, ah, okay, so this is, this is the people that are saying yes. And these are people saying no. So when, whenever these people that meets that criteria, I go and knock on their door. Right? So I think that's, that's definitely one of the key takeaway is, is, you know, talk to you talk to our users daily. Don't be afraid to get rejection because you'll, 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 if you don't get rejection, then you definitely cannot build anything that will solve their problems. Right. So I think those are probably the two advice that I would give. Yeah. Yes. The perception versus reality piece. And then also just making sure that when you are going to investors, you know, the, those that you're speaking with, make sure that they align with your vision and who it is that you want to you know go the distance with over over years to come yeah. so even if it is a rejection or something along those lines where you know you don't take it personally it's just that things you know things happen maybe things aren't aligned in the terms of a vision but you know as you work hard and you go back to the drawing board you can you can really find the people that you want to partner with it just takes a little bit of time so it's just staying positive too. So that's kind of my takeaway from what you said. Yeah, I, I think you you summed up really well there. Um, one one thing also is that when you talk to an investor and they say no to you, don't take it as a personal thing, right? But but see it as a positive thing and say, hey, look, you know, why? What would it takes for you to say yes, right? So what are some of the things that you want to see in the next six to twelve months for you to say yes? Sometimes they, they, you know, no one, no one's here knows your business model better than you do, but because they are your investors, they'll say that, look, these are some of the things that I want to see in the next six to 12 months. You may or may not get, you know, a, a, an investment from them, but you know, other investors are actually seeing the same thing. So, you know, if they're going to say no, but make sure you ask them why, right. And then take that and then analyze it and say, okay, I'll work on that. Right. Or, you know what? It's okay. You, you're just not the right investor for me. So be able to do that is definitely will help your, your, your mental health for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, and on, on that note, we really want to thank you again, Viriat, for coming back to Rising Giants and 
having this discussion with us. I know Max and I were really excited to read the news that just came out from Curie Post and congratulations again with the with the recent raise and we're, we're going to be keeping tabs and making sure that we might have to give you on again next year. So <laughs> yeah, I look forward to we'll that. We'll see. Uh, we'll see that unicorn status. So oh no, I think that's that's one of the goal is to talk to you guys every year because every time we talk, that means we're on the right track. And if we're not talking, that means we're not on the right track, right? So definitely something to look at, look forward to, and and I look forward to see you Max in November and also Dom in November also. So yeah, safe flights and. And keep up the good work. You guys are doing great. And I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Likewise. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah thank you. thanks so much. Yeah, really appreciate care. it.